This podcast is brought to you by Free Buddhist Audio, the Dharma for your life. Our work is funded entirely by donations from our generous listeners. If you would like to help us keep this free, make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. Thank you and happy listening. So, yes, in the last, uh, well, for a long, long time, we've been looking at the Dharma through stories and symbols. Um, so the Dharma through stories, images, symbols. And for, for the last little while, we've been looking at uh, symbols of spiritual death and spiritual rebirth. And inside that, we've had a section where we've been looking at... Um, if you like, some of the great bodhisattvas of the Buddhist tradition, some of the great archetypal figures that symbolize uh, and embody certain qualities that we need to, uh, as it were, imbibe in order to practice and to move towards enlightenment. They, they, they represent certain qualities of enlightenment and qualities we need. Um, and we've seen that visualizing these figures... Uh, dwelling on them, imaginatively sort of uh, mulling them over, dwelling, engaging with them, chanting their mantras is a very powerful traditional practice that allows us to, as it were, uncover, discover some of the qualities of the figure in ourselves. Um, and this week we're going to look at another one of these figures. We're going to look at Vajrapani, who is an embodiment of energy, of strength, um, of courage, of a forceful, vigorous approach to the spiritual life. Now, um, if you ask the sort of proverbial man or woman in the street, the sort of person on the Clapham omnibus or the person on the Hillsborough tram, what um, qualities they associate with Buddhism or Buddhists, you're maybe not that likely to hear about energy or vigor. Um, you'll probably hear a lot about calm and serenity and maybe patience. That's what the person on the Hillsborough tram will tell you Buddhists are like. Um, if you're lucky and the person knows more than most about Buddhism, you might hear about metta and compassion. And if you're very lucky, and the person knows a lot more about Buddhism than most people, you might even get a mention of wisdom, um, which is a more bracing virtue than calm and compassion, and hence less popular with the person on the Hillsborough Omnibus. Um, but I'm willing to bet you won't get any mention of energy or strength or vigor or any of what you might call the heroic virtues. People do not think of those as part of Buddhism on the whole. Um, spiritual, spiritual people are supposed to be sort of, well, character, sort of caricature, slightly sort of pale and floppy and unchallenging. Um, so it's not, I've been told, and it's not uncommon at all, I've heard other order members say this, it's not at all uncommon for quite committed Buddhists to be told by non-Buddhists how can you be a Buddhist? How can you be a Buddhist? Uh, I don't see how you can be a Buddhist. Meaning, translated, you seem to have some energy. Uh, and colour, and even passion about you, and you don't let people use you as a doormat. How can you be a Buddhist? Um, 
So by and large, people have a one-dimensional view of the spiritual life. They see it as all about being quiet and gentle and calm. But they seldom think of it as involving vigour and strength or, heaven forbid, a bit of aggressive energy. Um, But actually in Buddhism, energy, strength, courage, even aggression, are seen as very much part of the spiritual life. Um, Could even say they're seen as essential parts of the spiritual life, without which we won't get very far. Um, This idea is very much there in the tradition. It's very much there in the tradition of Buddhism, and it's very much there in the way we try and practice in the FWBO as well. Because we've all got a bit of aggressive warrior energy. We've all got some of it. We need it to live. We need it to live fully and be effectual. We need it if we're going to live our own life rather than just going along with other people's agendas. We have to fight some battles if we want to live life properly. And we've got the energy to do that. So we've all got some of this warrior energy. Um, And it won't go away because we don't like it. It's not very fashionable, but it won't go away because we don't like it. Uh, If we cut it off and deny it, we become pale and floppy and ineffectual. We become boring and colourless and lacking in zest. Um, And what's worse, if we try and deny it or repress it, I'm not angry, I don't get angry. If we try and deny it or repress it, it can go bad. It can turn inwards uh, against ourselves in the form of depression or self-hatred or a sort of victim mentality in which all the bad things seem to happen for me because I invite them. Um, so it can turn inwards or it can turn outwards in the form of sour negativity towards others, sort of criticism, carping, resentment, moaning, cynicism. It can turn outwards or inwards. Um, but it won't just go away. Um, So we've got this coarse, aggressive warrior energy that maybe sometimes doesn't look very nice. But we can't wish it away. We can't wish it away. So we have a choice. We either use it for the spiritual life or we don't. And not doing so has really quite bad consequences. So we need to use it. We need to get it on our side. uh, And we need to get it on the side of the Dharma. We need to use our aggression on the side of the Dharma. If we don't, we turn pale, our energy turns sour. We won't get very far on the spiritual path. In fact, we'll probably go backwards. So we need to mobilize energy, strength, courage in the service of our own growth and in the service of the Dharma. We need to mobilize some of this aggressive energy against the forces of stagnation and decline in ourselves and in the world around us. Um, And this is what Vajrapani symbolises. This is what Vajrapani symbolises. In fact, this is what Vajrapani is, this sort of warrior energy in the service of the Dharma. So he's a rather unusual Buddhist figure. We're used to Buddhist figures sort of looking calm and serene and with nice smiles. Vajrapani doesn't look anything like that. I'll talk about his appearance a little bit more later. But I um, might just sum it up by saying um, something like 
Well, he's colossal and he's ugly and he's forceful. And if you were play, if you've ever played a game of rugby, which some of you might have done, you, he's the guy you wouldn't want on the opposite team, and you certainly wouldn't want him running at you because he's huge. And it, where he wants to go, he goes. He's a huge figure, and he represents this unstoppable energy. He's nothing like most of our Buddhist figures, which are sort of quite elegant and graceful. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please help us keep this free. Make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. And thank you 